Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Election Day. And a lot of us have probably forgotten because there's not been a lot of talk about it on the news. We mentioned it yesterday. Kind of makes me wonder, though, uh, are we going to have a low turnout in maybe some key regional races? And maybe that's uh, purposeful. Let's not I find it hard to uh, get excited about these in-between races, the in-between elections, because right. you never know who you're voting for. You know, all of a sudden we get inundated with these ads and things like that in the mail, mailers, uh, oh, vote for, you know, Ralph Snodgrass, uh, he'll save the world. And you never heard of Ralph Snodgrass, you don't even know whether he's Democrat or Republican, but all of a sudden you're getting his stuff. And, and uh, I just think a lot of people are as confused about who to vote for as I am, you know, for these midterm elections. You never know whether you're voting the, the, the right guy or the wrong guy into office. You well, know? that's true. Uh, but I'm wondering what the seats are open, city council seats, any judgeship seats. You know, you got to wonder because we've got clowns in places right now that shouldn't be. How do you know they're and- clowns? Oh, because I saw their little red noses and I saw the their uh, the clown suits and their, yeah <laughs> yes. the big shoes. Uh, you know, I walked by the cars and I said, "Well, there there it is, the clown outfit." You know, and and you walked you know, right into that one, Bill. I had I couldn't let it go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but when you see them get out of their car, you know they got a briefcase in one hand and a horn in the other. Probably a clown. That's true. Oh boy, they go hand in hand in politics, don't they? So uh, to speak. Yes. Big gloved white hands, you know, I, with the big fingers. I, I will no. vote because I think you can't be telling people to vote and then not vote. But Well, I'm sure I, a lot of people do that. But I got to no, tell I'm you, Bill, go in all honesty, I don't know who I'm voting for. I don't mm-hmm. really know who these candidates are and whether they'll be good for their office or bad. I think a lot of people in Congress get into Congress just for that reason. We don't know who these people are. You know, it's that's just, true. I mean, you, you get the ads anymore, and it used to be Democrat or Republican, and now it's deceptive. Yeah. Um, so you might be uh, voting for the deceptive candidate, yep. which could be the wrong candidate. You know, um, very well could be. If they if they got something to hide, uh, that's one way to let you know that they got something to hide. I mean, look what happened in 2020. A lot of people voted for some guy who was uh, selling his influence to China. What a mistake mm. that was, huh? Holy smokes. But that's a, another story for another time. Um, later on in the show. Yo, oh, absolutely. Uh, President Trump was in New York yesterday, and he took Testify. the stand yeah, uh, in the Engeron uh, courtroom there. By the way, this guy, Engeron, he, he's, a, he's a nutcase. I don't, I don't know how he keeps, never mind his judgeship, I don't know how he keeps his law license uh, when you listen to the things that he's done in his courtroom to uh, the defense attorneys and to President Trump, oh yeah, I mean he he talk about a, a, a this guy's nuts really. I got a I got a cut here. For, uh, it was from Fox News yesterday. It's when uh, they I guess she was stepping to the microphone. Trump's uh, attorney Helena, uh, uh, what's her name Haba, which is Helena uh, Haba, yeah, yeah. She is a a spitfire. She's a good lawyer. She's tough as nails. And uh, here's how it went. All right. The president's team has stepped up to the microphone. They just walked outside of the courthouse. Let's dip in here and listen. More honest coming from the judge who has already predetermined 
that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney and why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Ms. James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar, call the company fraudulent, and make a name for herself. She said this morning that the numbers don't lie and they won't lie in this case. Well, Ms. James, I have a message for you. The numbers didn't lie when you ran for governor, and that's why you dropped out. And the numbers don't lie when President Trump runs for office in 2024. And those numbers are loud and clear. This country is falling apart. And if we don't stop corruption in courtrooms where attorneys are gagged, where attorneys are not allowed to say what they need to say to protect their clients' interests, it doesn't matter what your politics are. Everyone has a right in this country to get up and put a defense. I don't care who you are. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can put objections on the record. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear, I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not gonna tolerate it here. And you know what, you shouldn't either. Because not every American citizen gets a camera and a microphone. And what I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump, and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition. You taunted him. You said, his administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. She said that she and Michael Cohen were going to be his biggest nightmare. Where well, I have some news for you, Miss James. Michael Cohen folded, lied, and crumbled. Your star witness, along with all the DAs and corrupt AGs, need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand. When you let my client speak the truth and the judge can tell me to sit down and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear, they've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country and we need to stop what is happening in this courtroom.
President Trump is worth a lot more and she wasn't ready for it. She doesn't understand it. And before she rushed to judgment, she should have thought about attacking somebody with over 50 years of real estate expertise who changed single-handedly the skyline of New York City. She picked the wrong person and her politics will fail for it. Are you concerned by the judge's statement that uh, President Trump's longer answers, that he draws negative inferences from so let's be clear about why the judge said that. The judge doesn't like when President Trump explains what actually happened because it's not good for his narrative. This is a judge who clearly has an issue. If you've seen his behavior with me, you've seen his behavior uh, with the president today. He has a clear issue with facts that are not good for the case because he already predetermined, and I want everyone to understand, this is, yes, we do not have a jury. Yes, we do not have a lot of things that we should because they brought it under Section 6312. But this judge decided this case and liability before we walked up those stairs. I didn't have a shot. So right now we're sitting here doing a whole dance and the only thing they want are facts that are bad for Trump. That's why he's silencing him. That's why he's telling him short answers. And that's why he's clearly enraged. His face is red. He, is, he came in hot and he doesn't know how to handle him. Knowing the judge is the one who will decide the penalties, have you urged your client, President Trump, to keep his answers more concise based on the judge's urging? If my client was worried about people's penalties on him, and that's supposed to silence his right to free speech and his right to take a stand and explain, then I wouldn't want to represent him. My client's done nothing wrong. His answer should be full, and if they try and silence him, the record will reflect that and we'll deal with it on appeal. Yes. Anything else? Why did the president plead the fifth last year if he's willing to testify today? So, Everything is done strategically. I can't get into that. Uh, the truth of the matter is the fifth was done in an EUO, which is a special proceeding. Once they brought the case, we decided it was better to fight the facts. But uh, frankly, I never thought that she would bring the case because once you see what his actual values are, you see that there's no there there. But, you know, she gets a lot of attention from this. You all are sitting out here. She comes out. She calls him a liar. I mean, this is this is third world stuff. You're not allowed to run before you even know what somebody's company is, before you even know what their financials are and call someone a liar and call them a fraud and base your politics on this. Miss James would not be the attorney general, but for President Trump. Let's be very clear about that. And that might hurt her a little bit, but that's the facts. Facts hurt. That's why she wasn't, she wasn't a good governor. She didn't make governor. She didn't even come close. She used this case as a cover. Numbers don't lie, Miss James, to use her own words. Numbers don't lie. Anything else? Thank you, everybody. Thank you. That's Elena Haba, the mm-hmm. uh, attorney for President Trump. She's, she's a spitfire. She really is. Oh, she is. Yeah. You know, she even told the judge, you know, that... Uh, he needs to think about the questions he asked. In other words, yeah. she, he was correcting her, and she came back, well, then ask the right questions. She didn't say it, ask the right questions, but essentially that's what she said. But this judge, she's right. He doesn't want to hear the truth. It's not about the truth. There is no jury. He's already determined what it was. Now, Trump came in with a letter, and it had a disclaimer on it. And that letter, he goes, I have the evidence right here, because, you know, you're talking about evaluations and everything. He goes, I'd like to read it to you. No, that's okay. Well, we, we, we can do that later. Well, I would like to present it. No, that's okay. You know, I, we don't need that. Well, yeah, you do on that. And, you know, they're talking about the value of the property. All right, yeah. let's get into that a little bit because there is a, um, oh, I forget what the the real estate term is, but basically it is where you sit Appraisal? there. Appraisal? 
Well, no, that, that's that's the other thing. You know what? Let's talk about the appraisal. Yeah. There are three types of appraisal. One of them is comparative appraisal. The other one is, is the income potential of the property. And the third one is probably a bigger ticket. And that is, let's just take Trump Tower. Oh, wow, well, you know, the square footage and whatever. All right. Let's just say uh, a meteor came and wiped that building out. All right. Yeah. And, you know, let's just say they say it's worth uh, uh, $500 million. All right. What would it cost to replace that $500 million building today? Oh, yeah. That's a value. That's and that's right. a real estate. And sorry, but that is business 101. That's homeownership 101. What would it cost to replace it today? That's on your insurance and everything. So, Leticia, you're lying through your teeth, and you know it because you're worth $15, $16 million on $100,000 a year. Tell me, Leticia, you know, I'm not going to say something crude. I could, but what did you do to earn that money? What did you do? You know, during the testimony yesterday, Trump was very respectful, but mm -hmm. yet, at one point, you could, you could hear the frustration. He says, uh, the uh, New York Attorney General lawyer, the guy who was doing the cross-examination, he said, uh, you don't believe the Attorney General's positions? And Trump answered, I think she's a political hack who wants to be governor. It's a disgrace this case mm -hmm. is going on. Legal scholars agree with me. This is a political witch hunt, and I think she should be ashamed of herself. That was one of President Trump's answers. The judge, he doesn't like this. You know, uh, do, do you agree that the attorney general, uh, do you agree with the attorney general these are overvalued, meaning the properties? He said, Trump's attorney says, asked and answered. And the judge says, uh, no, it is not. It has not been answered. This judge was acting like a prosecution attorney well, in tandem with the prosecution. Then they don't have enough people on the stand and being prosecuted. Because if he's saying that those values are wrong, then he's saying appraisers lied, bankers giving loans lied, and there was fraud. And that is all part of your paperwork. And it is all presented beforehand because... If a banker sits there and goes, man, we're going to slide this through, you know, my old buddy here. Well, now he's liable. So the, this judge is sitting there. He he's he's in a this judge he's attacking is the a wrong fraud. person. This he's judge a is a fraud. He's and he knows yep. nothing about it. He's an idiot. And I even challenge the fact that he even passed his stupid bar. Well, you know, because oh well, no, he probably did. You know, Trump stop right in at a bar. Trump gets up on the stand. And the judge says to him at one point, just yes and no answers. This isn't a political rally. And, and, and the, then I guess uh, Elena Hamba said, wait a second, you're here for him to hear his answers. You're here, we're here to hear what he has to say. And the judge gets angry, apparently, pounds the table. I'm not here to hear him. That's what the judge... Well, what, what they should ask the judge is, tell me, judge... When did you make your decision on this case? Oh, it's already a uh, fait accompli. You heard uh, during the uh, the press conference on the court uh, the court steps, Elena Hamba said uh, this decision was made 
before I even walked up these steps. Well, the judge has said that he's a, that Trump is a crook. He's a fraud. Right. And so that is that's predetermination. That's an impartial. That's not an impartial judge, you know. And that's why there's no jury. He doesn't want to take the chance of anybody, you know, overruling him yeah. with the truth and the facts. He's he's this is a public sham. And if we let this go on as a people, you know, people go and they protest in D.C. and there are things to protest. This Palestinian thing. You know, everybody has their side, so we're not talking about that right now. But this, you know, and Democrats go, our democracy. Well, put yourself in this situation right now. You should be sitting there with your flags and everything and your megaphones shouting at that judge to, you know, stop the sham, stop the sham, because yeah. this is a sham. I mean, and I, the I can't, news needs to be there I can't help but think that during World War II, right, so many early supporter, supporters of Hitler we're probably surprised later on when suddenly they became the focus of his wrath, you know, for mm -hmm. some reason, for some ridiculous reason. And that probably took them all by surprise because when you're being ruled by a dictator in a fascistic situation, they can do whatever the hell they want to do. They can do whatever they want to do. And this is where this is going right now. This is what Biden is doing. He is, he's, he has uh, dismissed our border security he is uh, putting us into warlike situations without going to war, by the way. You know, has anybody, has anybody said a, de a, a declaration of war uh, in the Middle East, yet we're sending our troops and our ships over there? I haven't heard anybody go to Congress and say, can we have a declaration of war against Iran and uh, the Muslim caliphate in the Middle East? Nothing. There's nothing. No. You know, and you're supposed to do that. You just can't send troops over like, you know, uh, uh, Juan Perón or, or uh, Adolf Hitler or Benito Mussolini and just send them over because they want it. You know, this is, well, what, this is what's going on. Um, yeah, and what's going on in the Ukraine and Russia is going to be happening here very soon because Zelensky— Oh, one more thing before you get into that. Okay, go ahead. They should—seriously, there should be consequences for this judge— it shouldn't be that uh, he gets uh, his case overturned in appeal, you know, which is, I think, almost a fait accompli. I think it's going to happen. I think that's a done deal because it's such a ridiculous kangaroo court right now. It will be overturned by a responsible judge and jury, but that's down the road. In the meantime, he has to deal with the press making a heyday. They'll have a field day with... Uh, the verdict that comes out of this courtroom. You watch as soon as they find him guilty and he will be found guilty because it's already a done deal. He'll be found guilty in this courtroom. The news will talk about he's the first president ever to be convicted. He was convicted. No, it's a kangaroo court by a ridiculous, useless judge who has already predetermined what's going to happen. This is not a real decision. This is going to be overturned, but he should pay. This judge and this uh, Letitia James should pay for their crime. This is a crime. You're seeing it happen in real time. This is not just a legal mistake. This is a predetermined active crime, and you right. should see them pay a penalty for it. She should lose her law license. The judge should be disbarred. They should be taken and they should be, I think they should go to jail for what they're doing. 
They well, are absolutely totally abusing our judicial system to take down an innocent man. Whether you like him or not, he's an innocent man. There's no victim here. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And right now with Letitia and Angeron, it's obvious what they're doing. And yes, they should both lose their law licenses. They should have to pay restitution. They should have to do some jail time. And because they are abusing their, 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 their privileges that they swore an oath to, they should lose all their benefits. Yep. You know, you I know, agree. you want to strip Trump, Trump down to his underwear? Let's strip you guys down to your underwear. Yeah. Or at least have you faced that that likelihood. Well, you know what? Let's expose you for what you are. And let's sit there and uh, all of a sudden the Engron has no clothes and neither does Letitia. That's actually a very good They should be judges should go into a situation where they realize if they start to abuse their situation, there will be uh heavy consequences. Yes. There will be heavy consequences. Right now, this Judge Engeron, he feels like that courtroom is his country and he can do whatever he wants to do without consequence. Yeah, but I hate the media too because, you know, when they post pictures, um, they they always try to say the guy that's the villain, Trump's the villain, mm. find the nastiest, ugliest picture you can find of him. Oh, hey, okay. Mr. Angeron, I'm not. I don't have any good shots of you. Could you smile? Hey, do you remember when you were in high school? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, God, yeah. that's gonna look great yeah. next to Trump. It looks like a, you know, and and they're doing that all the time. You know, you want to see the camera person and sit there and take a picture of them and go, Dah! and say, <laughs> yeah, this is the guy that took the picture. Now you tell me, <laughs> that's the news. <laughs> I wish people could see you making the. The face you're making when you go, we do the news the way Angeron does a case. You were talking <laughs> before I interrupted a little while ago about uh, Zelensky and his situation oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, well, because there should be an election there. And he's going, nah, it would be, uh, what was his exact? I think he said it would be uh, uh, inappropriate during a war, inappropriate, wartime. Yeah, yeah. It would, it, yeah, it was uh, irresponsible. Yes, that, was the, that word. was the word. Yep. It will be irresponsible to uh, hold a wartime election. So, you know, if there's no declaration of war there, he just said it. It's a war. Yeah, this is a and guy. That, that, he's already banished uh, opposition parties. He's uh, enacted gargantuan censorship, you know, and he and he calls an election irresponsible. It would be irresponsible. They don't need to have an election right now. We're at war, you know. Mm-hmm. By the way, I do think that's uh, like a blueprint for what may happen in our situation. Well, that was what messy. my point was. You know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, and but things are messy right now. Oh, I know. You, anger on hands down. You know, his his determination, based on all the evidence that I have gone over and the stuff that I refuse to listen to or see, yes. uh, I find uh, Mr. Trump guilty as charged. We get to take everything, even his, uh, even his glo- gold-clad underwear. You know, <laughs> well, okay, when they do that, the left will go, yeah. um, democracy yeah. is spoken! Yeah. And the right is going to sit there and go, no, it hasn't. But you know what? Listen to this. That's democracy. We're going to stomp you out because at some point in time, enough 
is enough. Forget your games. Forget your line. Forget everything that you're trying to do. As a matter of fact, I would expect you to go back and take a lesson in democracy. And uh, well, that will that know, won't happen. <laughs> no, but you know what? You should go back and and take a le- uh, a lesson in it. And uh, what what this, this is, is all what about happens when you're gonna, when you can you're take, start a revolution when you can take somebody who is a clown and this Letitia James is a clown and you can make her. Uh, important attorney general of the state of New York. This is the kind of power she wields and the kind of uh, abuse that she can throw at innocent people. And like uh, Elena Haba said, it can happen to you too, the average Joe. She decides to crush the average Joe. And he could be a peanut vendor down uh, on the corner. If she doesn't like the way he acts, she can crush him with her power. And that's what she's trying, trying to do with, with Trump. Uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to point something out to you. This was, this was actually pointed out to, to me, because I'd forgotten, by my wife. She said, you know, there's something interesting happening. The day before yesterday, the big talk was that there were five to 7,000 illegals uh, making their way, way toward our border. Five to 7,000. Then, then the very next day, there was this riot in Washington, a riot in Chicago, a riot in Los Angeles, a riot in Detroit, you know, pro-Palestinian. Uh, it sucked up all the oxygen, and all of a sudden we stopped talking about those 7,000 people that were mm-hmm. crossing our border illegally. Nothing. We have a lot of distractions going on, and it's purposeful. It's that, that's why I feel weird about today. I have a funny feeling we're going to be, uh, for lack of a better way, well, I'll clean it up. We're going to be PO'd tomorrow. There you go, PO'd. Yeah. Because I think that we're going to see some things happening in the election that we're not going to be too, too happy about. And because we have been, you know, we don't circle it on our calendar. Oh, today's election day. I got to go do that. Yeah. We kind of depend on the media and the news to let us know what's going on. That is our that is our daily barometer and weekly barometer of what we got to do. You know, you look to the weather. Well, how do I plan for the day? How do I plan for the week? The weather guy gives you that, you know. The news lets us know about other the, responses. This Angeron guy, does he have the power, do you think, to have Trump taken in custody, custody and sent over to Rikers Island? Yes, he does because he's already he's never said Rikers Island, but he's he's talked about locking him up and he's entertaining the idea. Now, if I were the prosecution with the Trump team, I would I would sit there and take my chances. I would if I were in his shoes, I would be pushing that judge as hard as I can because he is a he's a he's a child with a tantrum. He's a nut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a child with a tantrum. And you know what? You you sit there, poke him in the chest mm-hmm. with facts and logic. You know, like, go ahead, Judge. You say you got to do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And he's going, yeah, you're guilty. I always knew you were guilty, and I'm throwing you in the hooskow right now. And then everybody would know and see, yeah, Trump would be going to the hooskow. You know, uh, how do you, I was thinking, how do you send, I don't know how you send, I really mean this. I do not know how you can send a former president of the United States with full security, meaning he has to – there's rules. They don't care. They want to do no, it. They want to yeah, do but it. but here's the thing, Bill. I don't think, so, I don't think selective uh, – the, the Secret Service 
can allow him to go into a penal situation, into a prison, uh, without total security. He's still under their security. There's no mandate that says, well, once he goes into jail, we don't have to watch him anymore. I mean, he's supposed to be guarded 24-7 by the Secret Service. So how, if they send this guy, Trump, to prison, does the Secret Service even allow it to happen? Think about it. For uh, a second. I don't know that they have the the authority, but Biden, you know, the the commander and crook in chief, would sit there and say, "Yeah, now that we have him under lock and key, it's gonna it's gonna need a special type of security, which I have handpicked." He will put security in place because it's gonna be. I really think the left is on a track. They said the only way to get this guy out of the picture is to sit there and do this sham for the public. I think that they're a little bit mad that it's blowing up in their face, but they want to do the sham, and I think they want to time it in such a way, but I think their time is running out. The clock is I got a question away. for you. So they're going to lock him up. They put him in jail. Do you think he'll uh, be shivved by somebody? Absolutely. That's why the, the, the Secret Service would never get to... Never get to escort him there. I don't they think. Would, I think the Secret Service is going to say, uh, "I'm sorry, you can't do that. You can put him. You can you can put him in a locked room somewhere, totally secure by us, but you can't send him to a public situation where he's uh, unsecured." Well, but Trump is in a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation because he has challenged the deep state. So the deep state, all he can do right now, you know, his his poll numbers are great. He's he's kind of like. What was the guy, uh, uh, Mandela, you know, that was locked away in jail forever. for 20? I do think 28 years, I think, uh, in South Africa. Yeah. But I do. So he, I, I think, Bill, he, I think Trump can win in jail. Oh, I think he can too. But the point is, he is, uh, Trump didn't grow up thinking I'll be a martyr and all of this stuff and that uh, I'm going to be the symbol for a rebirth of the nation. I don't think he ever dreamed that because he, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say he grew up white and privileged, but he did, you know, he grew up around money, you know, and that's, but that's he came, obvious. He came from a family though, Bill, that is more interesting than a lot of people realize. And I'll tell yeah. you, I'll tell you why. For example, uh, his uncle, John, John Trump was an MIT mm -hmm. professor. He was right. a graduate and a professor at MIT. He also worked for the government. And when, mm -hmm. for example, when Nikola Tesla, Tesla, yeah, when he died at the New Yorker Hotel in, I guess it was 1940, the guy the government sent, along with the whole staff of FBI agents, but the guy the government sent to examine his papers was John Trump. Right. John Trump was the only guy, I guess they figured, that was smart enough to understand what the heck Tesla was writing about. He, so, I mean, this the family is more interesting. There's more of a backstory to the Trump family than a lot of people realize. I mean, you know, you look at Donald Trump. Uh, I can remember there was a time in his, his life where he went bankrupt. I remember reading about it. Donald Trump, when his company was going under, and Donald Trump took some very serious and courageous acts actions to flip his country back into the the, uh, bl the the black, you know, to make it profitable again. Sometimes you have to take hard chances that could totally 
submerge and bury yeah. you yeah. to to come out. I know this firsthand. I and, and I've done well, and I have I have died a brutal death, brutal death, you know. And then you, but you, you go on. The guy that uh, the 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 guy that uh, is uh, hair challenged on uh, Pawn Stars. Right. His dad died a few years ago, but you know he. Yeah. I think he, I think I read about him, and he goes, you know, I've tried. 23 or 28 different businesses might be might have been 30 something businesses yeah, right before they hit with the pawn business and that made him a millionaire and he goes you got to keep trying and sometimes you hit the failure well just because trump came from you know a, a, a wealthy background what he considered a, an insignificant loan we would say is big but it wasn't but you can't take that amount of money and do something with what he did with it Without being savvy and smart in certain areas, you know, they try to belittle the guy and make him stupid. They try to make him this. They try to make him that. They didn't do all this until he decided to get political act politically active. And then the dirt comes out because they've got a dirty laundry department. uh, The the deep state does. And you would you would be accused of things you didn't even know you were guilty of. You know, you look at you look at uh, Donald Trump and you got to understand something, folks, that. In 2020, when all of this thing was turned on him, when they stole the election from him, or at least that's what he believes, uh, it was the perfect opportunity for this billionaire to say, you know, I don't need this grief anymore this time in my life. I have a beautiful family. I have a thriving business. I've been president. I had a a successful four years. I don't need to go that way anymore. I can go in another direction. He would have been within his rights to do so, right? But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. He he took on the challenge. He's staying in the fight. Why is he staying in the fight? It's not from the money, folks. The guy doesn't need the money. It's not for the fame. He was probably one of the most famous people on the planet before he became president. So you have to ask yourself, why is he doing this? For his ego? No. His ego was stoked probably as much as it needed to be. He was already president mm-hmm. and, and world famous. He had to be doing it for one reason, folks. And that one reason is us. Is us. He's doing this, whether you like him or not. In his mind, he's doing this for us. He wants you know the- a better world for us. The interesting thing is, I mean, you can be betrayed by somebody, whether they do it intentionally or unintentionally. But the one thing I do see in Trump is a characteristic, and you got to look back because he's been stabbed in the back by a few people. And yes, on the camera, he lashes out against them. But, you know, the funny thing is he can lash out against you and say something, but then after things settle down, he's big enough to walk up to you and say, I'm glad that we're we're shaking hands again and let's do something positive together. He will work with you. Hell, when he when he when the election was taken from him, all right, you can take that any way you want to take it. Mm-hmm. He left a positive note for Joe Biden, not a negative note or anything like that. Now right. the, the the left media would like to say I didn't do anything, or it was or or, or you know that, that like the Rafkin guy with uh, uh, the the guy from New York. Who did the uh, uh, the thank you letter to all the Congress for not you know dumping him out? Say, you know, and he 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 basically apologized. 
And Rafkin goes, you should resign. And let me correct your letter here, that you grammatical errors or stuff like that, that I'm better than you thing. You know, the left needs well, to I get mean, off their even, high horse. Even with what's happening that. to him in New York right now on the on the stand. Yeah, a couple of a couple of times when he was asked an answer, he gave a, a long answer and told people how he felt. But apparently he's being respectful and he's being polite. He's he's not being a hothead. Trump could very easily, with all this going on, be on the stand and and it could be obvious to the world that he's PO'd, but he's not. He's not. His attorney's PO'd. Elena Hava is angry. And they're going to go after her. You know yeah, what? They're going to go after but her. But the real gonna... one is is the, is the judge. Angeron yeah. is acting out of control. But they're making him, they, they're doing these nice pictures where he's all smiley, just like, hey, you know, I got the world by the horns, baby. I'm riding the wave. That's the picture that he does. Yeah. And you got Trump, you know, Trump. Uh, snarling that's at the, the media manipulating the, the, yeah, the story you know because yeah we're we're visuals we're we're a land so, of visuals tune yeah. out the media on this crap okay we have seven thousand people they're probably already here now that have uh, apparently they're coming across whether we like it or not as a matter of fact on monday alone monday alone 1500 illegal aliens crossed into the u.s through the san miguel gate at the Tohono Odom Reservation in Arizona. 1,500 in one day in one location. That used to be like, a lot. That used to be like the total for a month. That's, that's one day. That's Monday in one area. 1,500. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is getting to be nutty stuff. And again, while this was happening, we were being distracted by the protests. Oh, by the way. We talked about the protests yesterday, and we talked about how they took red paint, put it on their hands, and they put smudge marks all over the white gate entrance, you know, the, the pillars on the white gate entrance of the White House. In normal situations, when something like that happens, the White House has a crew out there as soon as the mob goes away, and they take that off. They clean it right up. Not this administration. They want the world to see the blood hands on the White House pillars. So they're still there. They haven't mm -hmm. sent a crew out. Like I said, normally they have people who work in government. Their whole job is to clean up messes, and that's a mess, and they haven't done it yet. That's, that's a decision, by the way, that's made internally by somebody in the White House. I'll leave it up for a couple of days, you know? That's mm -hmm. my my opinion. So we're being distracted by a lot of things. In the meantime, we're slow walking ourselves into World War III in the Middle East. No, oh, I don't know that we're slow walking. I I think it's, you know, it's quicker than in, than whatever. I, they're they're trying to make Russia look weak. You know, first they fired an intercontinental uh, ballistic missile uh, from a that submarine. Was a big, yeah. Yeah, from a submarine, it was yeah. a big success. And then there was another one that was a failure. I didn't hear about the failure until today. And they're saying, oh, yeah, there was a failure. Well, uh, Russia's not saying that. That's our media. They've said a lot of things about Russia's failures. And then all of a sudden, they weren't failures. Uh, I was reading yesterday, well, one of their, one of their, well, several months ago, they were saying Russia didn't have any new sophisticated ships. And now all of a sudden, the Ukraine's just yeah. magically, uh, sunk one of their prized new 
sophisticated chips. Now, wait yeah. a minute. What lie am I supposed to believe? They did have them or they don't have them. What are you telling me? You know what they haven't told the us? the news a sack of crap? Well, you know what they haven't told us? We, we heard early on in this uh, situation that the uh, Ukrainians and the U.S. had these bioweapons labs all along the Russian-Ukrainian border. We were told yeah. this by, not necessarily by our, our uh, major news sources, but the other news sources uh, the, right. the, were telling us, well, you know, there's really labs all over that border. Well, apparently, uh, during the course of this war, all those labs are finally, they're either in the hands of the Russians or they've been destroyed by the Russians. They won't tell you that. They won't tell you that not. those labs don't exist anymore. But uh, this is the kind of stuff we're getting. Also, we talked about Zelensky being in New York, you know, and he, he, he was saying, well, we can't have elections. It would be irresponsible during a war situation to have elections. By the way, in the U.S., they had uh, Roosevelt was reelected. Uh, uh, I think he was elected twice uh, during World War II. You know, he was elected in 44, and I guess just before, just before we entered World War II, he was elected. But there was at least one situation where during the war, we had a full-blown military, uh, civilian election, and it was held, in, and Roosevelt won again. This was just before uh, 1945. And, you know, so he can't blame it on the fact that we were in a war. There was no bigger war uh, at least up until that point, than World War II, and we had elections. But Zelensky, who's being uh, told, the world is being told that Zelensky is the new Churchill. He's the Ukrainian mm -hmm. Churchill, right? Well, he won't have elections, but he did offer to Trump uh, an invitation to come to uh, the Ukraine and see why uh, it, he, Trump will not be able to solve the the war in 24 hours. And Trump said, thank you, but... I'm not president yet, and I'm not going to confuse the situation by presenting the wrong set of optics, you know, by going there as if I can do something now because I can't. You should direct all of your attention, he said, on the current administration. It's their decisions. Who has no clue as to what to do. But then again, too, he doesn't even know how to read his cue cards that are, be handed, are being handed to him yeah. from the left or from Soros. But you know, uh, you know, Obama's got an opinion about things. Oh, of course, yeah, big he, opinion because he's a he's calling the shots. Well, a lot. this this guy's amazing. He's been out of the picture for a long time, and all of a sudden he popped Here he up. Comes. Yeah, he popped up uh, on a podcast somewhere. Honest to God, no tie, no jacket. This is a former president of the United States. Will you see Donald Trump in a situation? For the most part, Trump is always wearing his his uh, suit and uh, red tie. In a white shirt, he has respect for the office that he represents, even though he's not an active president. But Obama's being cool. You know, he's sitting there on the podcast, leaning back. Listen to what he says about uh, who's responsible for the war, where, uh, the Israeli-Palestinian uh, war right now in Gaza. Listen to this. If there's any chance of us being able to act constructively to do something, it will require an admission of complexity and maintaining what on the surface may seem contradictory ideas. That, that what Hamas did was horrific and there's no justification for it. 
And what is also true is that the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is, is unbearable. And what is also true is that there is a history of the Jewish people that may be dismissed unless your grandparents or your great-grandparents or your uncle or your aunt tell you stories about the madness of anti-Semitism. And what is true is that there are people right now who are dying who have nothing to do with what Hamas did. And what is true, right? I mean, we can go on for a while. And the problem with the social media and trying to TikTok activism and trying to debate this on that is you can't speak the truth. You can pretend to speak the truth. You can speak one side of the truth. And in some cases, you can try to maintain your moral innocence, but that won't solve the problem. And so if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean that all of us are complicit to some degree. I look at this and I think back, what could I have done during my presidency to move this forward as hard as I tried? I've got the scars to prove it. But there's a part of me that's still saying, well, was there something else I could have done? That's the conversation we should be having. Not just looking backwards, but looking forward. And, and that can't happen if we are confining ourselves to our outrage. I would rather see you out there talking to people, including people who you disagree with. If you genuinely want to change this, then you've got to figure out how to speak to somebody on the other side and listen to them and understand what they are talking about and not and not dismiss it because you can't save that child without their help. Oh my god. First of all, he's the most painful yeah. uh, public speaker, but what you could have done when you were president is not fly over plane loads, pallets and uh, of, of money cash and give it to you, the enemy who then funneled a lot of it over to Hamas, you know, gave them the 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 fuel they needed to do what they did. Yeah. Let me ask you a question kind of related here. Um, in Afghanistan, when we left everything behind, bailed out of there, we left guns and munitions and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they got, they got in the hands of, of not the military there, but probably the a lot of Taliban yeah. citizens and whatnot, terrorists. Yeah, you heard about Joe Biden uh, oh, yeah. refusing to sell uh, weapons to Israel unless yeah. they promised guns would not be given to civilians. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what? Take your own advice, Joe. Take your own damn advice. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to give weapons to Israel if Israel is in turn going to turn around and make them available to their citizenry to protect to themselves. To protect themselves. Yeah. Well, 
And then there's the story of uh, the protest that was going on. Uh, the guy's name is uh, Paul Kessler. He's dead 65 now. 65-year-old now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, wearing a blue and white striped shirt. He had the Israel flag. He was, yep. he was out protesting. There was protesting going on. And a pro-Palestinian person said, we've had enough of him not saying anything and waving his flag. Let's go beat him upside the skull with a megaphone and kill him there yeah. on the street. Yeah, and That's, what I didn't read in that article was mm-hmm. any mention of who was arrested for that murder. Nobody, actually. Yeah, so, so it, that's, whoever that's, did it, yeah, they're they're still walking the street with their megaphone. Uh, and that's yeah, poor, yeah, it's that not poor, evidence. Hey, go go clean the yeah. blood off of this, be so we don't have that to. poor guy Kessler. His only problem was that he was there trying to represent the other side. That's all. Yeah, that Obama was saying, take your time to listen to the other side. Yeah, that's how they listen. You know, you when, know when, he, when he, Obama says. Whose fault? It's everybody's. No, 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 no. There was no fighting on the border before uh, October seventh. It was quiet. As a matter of fact, I heard stories about one. Hey, of the, today is one, the one month anniversary. One of the Jewish mother uh, residents from that area, her job. I think she's a hostage now. Her job. Mm-hmm. She and her husband would drive into Gaza City, pick up some Palestinians. And drive them to a uh, a medical center in the Israeli side so they could be treated. I mean, right. it was that kind of a situation. There were there were people going back and forth without people being killed. It was Hamas who decided to send across murderers on hand gliders and uh, to attack exactly. babies and grandmothers and innocent people who were asleep in their beds. Thousand. Over a thousand, and uh, so don't don't try to equate the, uh, the who did what, uh, Barack. The, and could you have done more? Yes, you could have done a hell of a lot more to make things more peaceful in the Middle East. And sir, you did nothing. You, Absolutely. I mean, we could look at Benghazi. Uh, what did you do to protect mm. our own people in Benghazi? You did nothing. You allowed things to happen in Syria. Uh, it just didn't have him sit there and pontificate. And man, like I said, his answers are like pulling teeth. I mean, he talks in such a slow and methodical pattern. It's like, come on, Barack. Because he has no idea where he's going, and he's grasping at straws in his head to try to articulate something and be the articulate Barack Obama. I was saying, though, this is the one-month anniversary, and we were appalled by everything that happened. I am amazed at how all of a sudden, oh, but think about the poor babies that uh, are also being uh, mutilated on the Palestinian side. Well, let me ask you a question. If somebody came across our border, raped your wife, beheaded her, raped your daughter, beheaded them, lit them on fire, hung their head as a trophy, how would you feel about them? Well, uh, if I had the opportunity to go into the other guy's area and bomb the living daylights out of it, I think I would do exactly that. I think it's amazing 
how controlled, apparently, the Israelis are. They're allowing people, even now, they're allowing residents to move to the northern area of Gaza, where apparently there's no, or is it the southern end? One of the ends, he's let, they're letting them move out of the line of fire, okay? They're letting them move out of the line of fire, even now. And do you know who's holding the people back to keeping them into the, the target area? Hamas. Hamas is using its own people as shields to protect because them. They have no value on human life. You know, and we like to sit there over here and question everything. We, you know, the, a religion is under attack. Christianity is under attack. Your Judeo-Christian values are under attack as if, you know, they're well, they're, they're eliminating that. But the simple fact is they have a certain religious religious value, and their value is, ah, you know what? This is our reward by doing this because they're going to yeah. be rewarded for all the mayhem and crap that they do. That's what they believe, not what, what we what, believe. But one of the things that I can't I can't forget is how uh, they found, uh, I guess it was a body cam on one of the uh, attackers yeah. on October seventh, and the guy in the body cam, he had it running. Uh, you see him calling his mother to excitedly tell her that he had just killed 10 innocent Jews. 10 innocent Jews. He Isn't killed that them. nice? Yeah. And she, I guess, was apparently excited, too. She was happy for him. This yeah. is the environment that the Israelis are trying to eliminate right now. They, they don't want their goal. I've heard it said as recently as yesterday. Their goal is to completely and totally eliminate Hamas. They will no longer be uh, anybody that has to be feared in that region again. This is what they're trying to do. In the meantime, to the north, Hezbollah, has they're throwing stuff in. They've joined forces with Hamas. They're throwing missiles into Israel. So, And Israel is well, well aware of the fact that this is not going to be a one-front war. They're going to be fighting this war on a lot of fronts. Iran's going to do stuff. You're going to see uh, maybe Turkey get involved, although they'd be crazy. Turkey's uh, got allies in the West. They would really be stupid to make any move right now. Uh, anyway, you sent me something yesterday, Bill, which I, I want to play right now. Uh, and I think well, it's. Did I send it yesterday or the day before? Is it well, the Reagan thing? Yeah, it's. This is really interesting. I think Donald Trump should take this. Exactly. And, that's and what I was thinking. He should remake it. He should remake exactly. He should take this spot, pay whatever the rights are, and he should remake it. Do it pretty much like this. Listen. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago?
A slight rewrite on that to bring it forward to now as to what's happened. And we could go back to where we were Yeah, less than four years ago, and it's the dawn of a new morning. The guy who did that spot is a gentleman named Hal Reine. He's no longer with us, unfortunately, but he was the guy who actually owned the ad agency. I believe he's the guy who actually wrote the spot. It's Morning Again in America. And he had such a phenomenal uh, voice uh, and delivery. And you'll notice they use what they call in, in our business some processing on his voice to give it a warmth, to give it a, a quality that it was perfect for that co- commercial. You know what that sound is called? I didn't know it until I worked at one particular place. What's it called? It's, the, it's called that that warm AM sound. Warm, you know, that, yeah. yeah. Because AM had a certain characteristic in its frequency, and you always heard these guys with a big voice that yeah. just resonated because— yeah. Yeah, well, some of it was the voice, some of it was the characteristic of an old RCA tube transmitter. Yeah. And you can't make a digital processor that gives that warm sound, the, the, look, all the digitization. They of try, everything. they try, but it, it, it never has been it's, duplicated. Yeah, I know exactly no, what you're talking about. It's called, yeah, you could call it the warm glow. And if you remember old timey radio that where it did that and it had that big, warm boom to it almost like you know you'd hear the thump of music on a jukebox it just had that ooh you know what's and interesting that's what it is it's interesting this is the guy hal reiney the guy who did the read there he owned the agency it became mm-hmm. a mega agency it was out of san francisco and they had clients like general motors they introduced the remember the saturn the General Motors mm-hmm. Saturn, that was introduced by that agency, the Hal Reine Agency in San Francisco. This guy didn't need to be voicing his own spots, but he just was one of these guys that was totally hands-on. And it made me think there was a guy who was maybe the biggest voiceover guy of the last 50 years. He's no longer with us either. A guy named Don LaFontaine, who used to do... Uh, in a world where so-and-so, those commercials, you know, where you you see it, uh, movie trailers used them all the time. In a world where man can't do this and women can't do that. That was how, that was Don LaFontaine. He was an ad man too. He was a behind the scenes mm-hmm. guy. He wasn't somebody who was uh, planning on being in front of the microphone. He ended up being the most successful uh, advertising guy, uh, maybe of his generation. Uh, and I just thought that was interesting. Guys who you would not think would be the voiceover guys were the guys who were amazingly successful. You know, the guys who didn't plan that that was the course of action they'd be taking in their life. But anyway, Hal Reine, uh, I, I would imagine you could find someone very similar to Hal Reine who could read it with that kind of delivery. And I think updating that spot to 2024 would be a brilliant move. He should do it now. He should do yeah. it right now. It's morning uh, in America. I agree. Yeah, or the well, it's the dawn of a new morning. You know, or yeah. morning again. Morning again in America. Yeah. There you go. It's time it's to dawn. make America great again. You know, you could incorporate his slogan into that kind of commercial and it would yeah. work. It would, and by the way, his voice was great. But this was a TV commercial, and the visuals were just as dynamic, just as, as interesting. Oh, yeah. It was a perfect commercial 
for the it presidency. It was an old copy of that commercial. Came across and I said, "Oh, I got to send this to Jim." You know, and, and you know, Bill, I didn't hear. What's interesting about this is that this was for the 1984 presidential campaign of Ronald Reagan, and we all yeah. know what happened in 1984. It was a landslide for Reagan. I think he only lost in one state, and that was Minnesota, because that was Mondale's state. That was right. his state. He, he, won, he won in New York and Massachusetts and all of these other normally uh, Democratic states. And you have to wonder, was it stuff like that, you know, com- a commercial like that? Did that just touch everybody in the right place? Yeah. Well, everybody was poo-pooing Reagan that uh, trickle-down economics and Reaganomics. We're not going to work this and that. And it's funny how the left rears its head about everything, and the rhinos and the right, too. You know, Bill, but I, then it worked. It worked. You know, I think we're getting ready to end the program, but I mm. think we should play it one more time. What do you think? <laughs> Go ahead. Sure. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? Now that's the way to end a program. I got to tell you, what a great, yeah. what a great commercial. Hey, uh, friends, if you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. There's mail at jimandbill.com, jimandbill at mail.com. And then for Bob in Utah, hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs> 